I have in my hand. Powerful Word of God. Can change lives. Heal broken hearts. Save man's soul. Lord Jesus, today, speak to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Just turn to your neighbor and let them know that you love them. Love is an important part of life, is it? Without love, we're in trouble. And most of us would be in real trouble without a mother's love. (laughs) Most of us wouldn't be here anymore if it wasn't for our mothers. Amen? I've often thought if we would follow the biblical laws of Judaism... Very few of us would be here today because you could kill your children if they were disobedient. <laughs> and uh, if we had made it, I'll guarantee our, some of our children wouldn't have made it. Today we're going to look at seven ways to love your mother. We're going to be looking at a text in John chapter 19, verses 26 and 27. Mary witnessed the crucifixion of her son from the foot of the cross. I cannot imagine how she must have felt. Can you moms uh, put yourself there? It had to be the most gut-wrenching, emotional time to watch your son die like that. Children are not supposed to precede parents in death. It's just not normal. It's not right. It never will be. It never can be. And moms will struggle with that, especially children that pass before them. But let's look at our text. It's on the board for you if you don't have your Bible, but if you have your Bible, please open there. When Jesus then saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour the disciple took her into his own household. So Jesus turns to John and he says, Take care of her. And looks at his mother and says, Let him stand in my place as your son. So John lived a very long life, and I believe that he took care of Mary until she went to heaven. I really believe that. Jesus is on the cross, bearing the weight of the sins of the whole world on his shoulders, and yet, yet he sees that his mom is going to be needed to take care of, and so he, re- he takes care of that because that's just the way he is. He's showing all of us today how important it is to take care and to love our mothers. Well, preacher, you don't know my mother. She was a mean, evil, hateful woman. Got it. But for nine months, she carried you. And you were born. And without her, you wouldn't be here. It's that simple. You wouldn't be here. And if she's treated you bad from the day you were born until this day, I'm sorry for you. I really am. Because mothers are vitally important. Church can't happen without mothers. 
you know that? We don't have a Savior without a mother. Have you thought about that? Oh, I suppose God could have just boom, created Jesus. And He did in some respects. But He used a mother to bring that baby into, into this world. So, you cannot willfully wrong, or you cannot be willfully wrong with your mother and be right with God. So what I want to encourage you to do is to try your very best to be right with, your, with God by being right with your mom. If she rejects your love, if she rejects your overtures, if she rejects your reaching out to her, so be it. But at least try, would you? Maybe one more time. I've tried a bunch for each Okay. Just one more time. But I want to give you seven quick ways that you can show your mom that you love her. And I'm not so sure that some of these probably wouldn't what John did with Mary as Jesus passed that responsibility over to him. Number one, love her verbally. Love her verbally. Especially men have the philosophy to not ever say, I love you. They'll say, well, you know I love you. Well, how do I know you love me? You don't ever tell me. Well, I'll put food in your belly, clothes on your back, a roof over your head. I love you. Boy, that's so full of warmth and, and commitment. and <clears throat> Wow. That was the answer I got from my dad. That's all I got from him. Never got any emotional love you. And many of you have experienced the same thing. I've told you before, and I'll change my mind if I, if, I'll let you know if I change my mind, but we've got to show people we love them as much as say we love them. A woman needs to hear the words, I love you. Women can get that out a lot better than men. One of the phrases that men use a lot that just gets my goat every time is the woman will say, I love you, and he'll go, ditto. <laughs> While he spits in the can. Ditto. Ditto? Or, here's the classic one, I love you, she says, and he goes, me too. <laughs> what, you two love you or what? We need to tell them that we love them. Children need to hear that, they, that we love them. Saying it makes you more of a man, not less of a man. Spouses need to hear it. Somebody wrote a letter to Dear Abby. I enlisted shortly after Pearl Harbor. Thirty-six days later, I was on my way to the Philippines. En route, the Philippines fell to the Japanese, and we were routed then to Australia. Eleven days after we landed, I met the most beautiful girl in the world. And on our first date, I told her I was going to marry her, and I did. Eighteen months later, while on a ten-day R&R leave from New Guinea... After more than 57 years of marriage and two children, my beloved Mary died five days before Christmas. 
Although we agreed that our ashes were to be scattered over the mountains, I found I could not part with hers. While Mary was alive, she would frequently say, You don't know how much I love you. And I would reply, Likewise. I never said, I love you. Now her ashes are on my dresser where I tell her several times a day how much I love her, but it's too late. Although I wrote poetry to her, I could not bring myself to say the three words I knew she wanted most to hear. And as my dearest was dying and we thought she was comatose, I told her, there aren't enough words to tell you how much I love you. A few hours later, she whispered, not enough words, and died. The reason I'm writing is to urge men to express their feelings while their loved ones are alive. I don't know why, but many men are reluctant to express the depth of their feelings. Signed, Missing Mary in Colorado. Our spouses need to hear it, our children, and also our mothers. Some men would say, I'm just not turned that way. Well, I say turn around. (laughs) Turn around. If you're sitting close to somebody you love, would you turn to them right now and just tell them I love you? Don't kiss them. Just tell them I love you. Let's don't get this thing carried away in here. Okay. Now we've got the fans going. Okay, here we go. Turn it around. Well, I'm not comfortable with that. Well, be uncomfortable. It's time you were uncomfortable. Number, verbally and then number two, love her physically. When's the last time you gave her a hug without her asking for it? We go through that gyration when the grandkids are over at the house and they're getting ready to go to bed when they spend the night and uh, Misty and Jeff say, okay, go hug Grandma and Grandpa. Oh, it's just like pulling eye teeth. You know? Of course, it's probably because I pick on them when they get over there, but anyway, it's... It's just like pulling eye teeth to get them to come here. And when they come in, you know, I'll say, come here and give me a hug. And I just reach out like this. And Beckham looks at me and he just goes, no. <clears throat> he walks the other way. If I, if I hang food out there, I usually can get them. Like my dog will come when I do that too. I can't even get my dog, I can't even get my dog to sit with me. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah, move on, whatever. You were thinking it. She's, <laughs> she's the first person who ever touched you. Your mother is. She wrapped you up in her womb for months, and you came out, and the first priority that she had was to hold you. She cuddled you. She stroked your head. She rubbed your feet. She held your little cheeks against her. She gave your finger a grip, and also her finger for you to grasp. In love, she did all these things, including grooming you as she would lick her thumb. <laughs> when you were little, she would say, give me sugar, and you'd pucker up, and she'd accept your old wet, sloppy kiss, and then she would even say thank you as she wiped her mouth. <laughs> You give her bear hugs so tight she didn't have to hold on to you. You just cling to her as she walked around. She changed your diapers, potty trained you, held the Kleenex for you to blow your nose, wiped food off your face years longer than she should have. For some, it was just last week. I got you. 
She constantly touched you. And she may have had, she may uh, have to hand you off to another or has handed you off to another. And her life may ensure some heavy changes, but she deserves your touch and you should never have to give, she should never have to give that up completely. It would mean more to her than flowers or candy or eating out or a diamond necklace. Well, let's not get, let's not get too carried away. But anyway, that hug, that touch means a lot to mom. A preacher told his wife the other day about several other ladies who were pawing at him. He had just come from a visit at the nursing home. <laughs> he said, I've spent countless hours in that, that place, and when they looked at my Opie kid face walking around, there was not a single instance in which some of those precious old ladies didn't try to reach out and touch me. A total stranger. Because, see, they miss touch. When you go see someone in the hospital, touch them. When you go to a nursing home, touch them. Let them touch you. Because they are wanting human contact. The best nurses and doctors in the world are those who will come in and touch you. They'll touch your hand. They'll hold your hand. My shoulder doctor who fixed my bicep muscle that ripped off from my shoulder... He came in and sat down on the edge of my bed. He said, I need to pray for you. He said, I always pray for my patients before I operate. I said, well, by all means. <laughs> and now that's that touch, right? So he laid his hand on me and touched me and prayed for me. Wow. You can tell that moms are starved for touch. Just that simple physical love. So physically, verbally, and then number three, love her patiently. Mothers have an incredible job with no pay. No position in business world compares to the physical, emotional, and spiritual commitment she has as a mother. Right across a poem, no occupation. She rises up at break of day and through her task she races. She cooks the meals as best she may and, scu- and scrubs the children's faces. While school books, lunches, homework too all need consideration. And yet the senses, man insists, she has no occupation. When breakfast dishes all are done, she bakes a pudding, maybe... She cleans the rooms up one by one with one eye watching baby. The mending pile she then attacks by way of variation, and yet the census man insists she has no occupation. She irons for a little while, then presses pants for daddy. She welcomes with a cheery smile, returning lass and laddie. A hearty dinner next she cooks, no time for relaxation, and yet the census man insists. She has no occupation. <laughs> Don't ever make the mistake of asking a lady, do you work or stay at home? <laughs> the only thing worse you can ask is when she's due, if you're not 100% sure that she's expecting, don't ask her. Many ladies today have to work on top of a full-time job they already have at home. And the point I'm trying to make is that in spite of all that she does for us, we often become impatient with her. We get so used to taking her taking care of things that we come to expect it and are outraged that the clothes are still dirty, that they're not ironed. You're out of my favorite cookies. You know I like that over rice. Where is it? She's picking you up at school because you don't like to ride the bus, but she's scolding, or you're scolding her, I should say, for being five minutes late. Love is 
patient, it says. So love her patiently. Because she's tender to your needs. It's no reason to take advantage of her. It's reason to be patient and to love her all the more. Teenagers. Junior hires. It's unfair for you to be more kind, considerate, and patient with your friends and your mothers and your friends' mothers than your own mother. If you treated your friends like you treat your mom, you wouldn't have friends. And if you treated their mom like you treat your mom, the kids' moms wouldn't let you come over to their house. Your mom deserves better. She's not a rug to wipe every negative thought on. Adults with living mothers, love her patiently. James Dobson read on Focus on the Family Radio a letter from an 80-year-old woman on her birthday to all my children. I suppose my upcoming birthday started my thoughts along these lines. This is a good time to tell you that what I truly want are things I can never get enough of, yet they are free. I want the intangibles. I would like for you to come and sit with me and for you to be relaxed. We can talk or we can be silent. I would just like for us to be together. I need your patience when I don't hear what you say the first time. I know how tiresome it is to always be repeating, but sometimes I must ask you to repeat. I need your patience when I think too much about the past with my slowness and my set ways. I want you to be tolerant with what the years have done to me physically. Please be understanding about my personal care habits. I spill things. I lose things. I get unduly excited when I try to figure out my bank statements. I can't remember what time to take my medication or if I took it already. I take too many naps. Sometimes I sleep helps to pass the day. Well, there you have it. Time, patience, and understanding. Those are priceless gifts that I want. And finally, in his letter, the Apostle Paul wrote, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I know I can. And I can too. It's a wonderful feeling to know his eye is on the sparrow and I know he cares for me. I guess being old isn't so bad after all. Love, Mom. So love her patiently. And then number four, love her attentively. Mothers, listen as you pour out your heart. She has a sympathetic ear and always has. And even as an adult, you've gone to her when you want someone who will really listen and understand. She's always on your side. A documentary was done a few years ago of men going to execution for capital crimes. They interviewed the men and their mothers also. Invariably, the moms would say, he's such a good boy. The interviewer would say, yes, but he slaughtered 37 people with an axe. I know, I know, but he's got a good heart. That's a mother, isn't it? It's no wonder we like to talk... Uh, talk to mom. She listens. But now she has issues. And now it's your turn to be her rock and take the time to listen. Some call it payback. It's just payback time. One of the greatest parts about being a grandparent is watching your kids raise your grandkids. And it's so much more fun. I see myself so often. And I think, was I that way? And they would say, no, you are worse than we are, Dad. <laughs> Absolutely. I'd agree with them. I got upset about the stupidest stuff. I should have shown them how much I love their mother in front of them. 
I should have grabbed her and dipped her back and kissed her a lot more than I did. I should have patted her on the bottom. I should have stroked her hair. I should have shown them all those things more often than I did. So men, you've got a chance. Do it before they're gone. Because they may be gone one day before you are. But you say she's always complaining. Yep, just like you did. (laughs) Talks about herself. Asks the same questions over and over and over. Like you did. In their older days, the Our parents have many fears and anxieties. May we treat them as we'd hoped to be treated, especially when we're in their shoes. Attentively, patiently, and then number five, love her gratefully. An elementary science class had been studying magnets and how metal objects are attracted to them. At the end of the semester, the teacher put uh, put on an exam this question. Six letters that start with the letter M, picks up things, what am I? Over half the children wrote, Mother, you got it. (laughs) They got it. She needs a sincere thank you, not just today, but from a genuinely thankful heart when least expected. A few years ago, a man's father-in-law sat his married kids down and he said, You all are living the best days of your life right now because you have your children, and your parents. Well, it caused them to realize two truths. One about our parents and how we won't always have them. And another one about their children must be the kind of parents that we want to be and that we ought to be. Number six, love her generously. There's nothing too good for her. We could never repay her, but we ought to die trying before she does. She didn't spend Uh, on herself unless all your needs were met. She could easily do without, and now it's time for her to have something she wants. She clears her schedule so she could run you around. She gives up opportunities so you can have more opportunities. A teacher posed a math question that said, state your answer as a fraction. Here's the question. If there's ten at the table and one apple pie, how much does each one get? One-ninth. teacher says, don't you know your fractions? The children, or the child says, do you know my mother? If there's that many at the table and only one pie, she don't want any. That's a mom, isn't it? Love her generously, and then number seven, love her honorably. Exodus twenty twelve says, Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. That's a binding as long as your mother lives. As long as your mother lives, you need to honor her and respect her. Another command says, Children, obey. It's non-binding when you leave home, but honor is different. You should honor her as long as she's living. If the husband is the head of the home, the mother is the heart. Don't break her heart. Yeah, but my mother wasn't honorable. Well, the Bible says nothing about qualification. It only asks if she's your mother. And by the way, it's the only one of the Ten Commandments which includes a built-in promise of blessing 
if you honor your father and your mother. You'll get a blessing. Let me close with this cute story here. When God created mothers, when the good Lord created mothers, He was into His sixth day of overtime. When an angel appeared and said, You're doing a lot of fiddling around on this one. The Lord replied, Have you seen the specs on this order? She has to be completely washable, but not plastic. Have 180 movable parts, all replaceable. Run on black coffee and leftovers. Have a lap that disappears when she stands up. A kiss that can cure anything from a broken leg to a disappointing love affair. And six pair of hands. The angel shook her head and said slowly, Six pair of hands? No way! It's not the hands that are causing me problems, said the Lord. It's the three pair of eyes that mothers have to have. One pair that sees through closed doors when she asks, What are you kids doing in there? When she already knows. Another in the back of her head that sees what she shouldn't, but what she needs to know. And of course, the ones in front that look at a child when he goofs up and says, I understand and I love you. Without so much as uttering a word. I'm so close to creating something so close to myself. <laughs> God said. Already I have one who heals herself when she is sick, can feed a family of uh, six on one pound of hamburger, get a nine-year-old to stand under a shower. Not only can she think, she can reason and compromise. Finally, the angel bends over and ran her finger across the cheek of the mother. Ooh, there's a leak, she pronounced. I told you that you were trying to put too much into this model. Well, that's not a leak, said the Lord. It's a tear. Well, what's it for? asked the angel. The Lord replied, It's for joy, sadness, disappointment, pain, loneliness, and pride. You're a genius, shouted the angel. And with a somber look on his face, the Lord said, I didn't put it there. How about a hand now for the crowning jewel of God's creation? Our mothers. Let's give them another hand, would you? Pray with me. Lord, help us never to be too busy for our moms. You took time for us. You took time to go to the cross and die for us. Seems like the least we could do is to love our moms, the one who gave us life, so that we could live here and enjoy the blessings that this life can bring. And when we incur heartaches, we always had a mom that was there to listen and to help where she could. So, Father, if we could just take a little bit of time today, and maybe even with great effort, reach out to our moms. Those that have already gone, we just reach out to you and ask you to take care of them. To let him know that I think about her and that I miss her. And I should have done better in calling and visiting. So, Father, if there's people here today that need to do an outreach, would they reach out today? Maybe they haven't talked to their mom in a long time. Maybe they don't have a good relationship with their mother. As best as they can, you encourage us in Scripture to be at peace with all men. So I would encourage them to be at peace with their mother as best as they can. 
And Father, we love you. And if there's somebody else here today, Father, that realizes that that relationship with Mom can only be accentuated and made better by a relationship with you, I, I just pray they'd respond. Mothers are usually the first ones who tell us about your son Jesus, Father. So would we honor that and respond to that? In Jesus' name, amen.